boost your mood in New Jersey. Surprise yourself with new wonders. Stroll beaches and boardwalks. Discover places to dine and catch up with friends. See inspiring art, culture, and history, too. Savor sea breezes and explore all the treasures nature has waiting for you. Rise to the call of adventure or catch a wave into the ocean blue. Find it all at visitnj.org. At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzone-radio.com. The X-Zone Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. one 877 is toll-free. That is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. Our email, exxon at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our websites, www.exxoneradio.com and www.exxonetv.com. And we're coming to you live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network and our, our growing family of broadcast affiliates across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, 24 Asian countries, and across Europe. My guest this hour is Steve uh, Genier. I believe is how we pronounce Steve's last name. He is a paranormal investigator, and he's been uh, 
Well, let's see. Investigating the paranormal in a serious manner since the last couple of years, since graduating in uh, the Trevis Institute in 1997. Now, he's done investigations uh, throughout uh, southern Ontario to places such as the Hermitage in uh, Ancaster, the Winking Judge in Hamilton. He's also done investigations into the U.S. places like the Waverly Hill Sanatorium, the Rolling Hills Asylum, Iron Island Museum, and so on. He is the organizer of the Southern Ontario Paranormal Society, and he's joining us tonight to talk about the paranormal. And Steve, welcome to the Exxon. And uh, how bad did I slaughter your last name? Actually, not too bad, Rob. It wasn't that bad at all. Huh. <laughs> it's actually Junior, but it's Junior. fine. All right. And uh, <laughs> so, so what started you investigating the paranormal? Well, investigating, uh, actually, a good friend of mine uh, passed away in 2002. And because I had already had an interest in the other side, if you want to say, mm -hmm. or the unknown, I wanted to go, you know, take it a step forward and, and uh documenting, possibly documenting, uh, you know, these unknown ph phenomena that people were talking about happening and uh, taking what I learned in film school and, and used it in the field and stuff like that, I felt, well, hey, why, why not give it a shot? And then, uh, you know, later on in 2005, I formed SOPS. Now, what kind of uh, paranormal experiences have you had? Uh, quite a few. I mean, like, uh, before, I had a couple uh, that really ingrained in my system in my way of thinking and uh, have stuck with me today uh, just trying to explain what exactly if it is in fact if, it, if they were paranormal invasives or if they were just a natural occurrence and I think that's what drives me with the research and the investigating that I do now is trying to figure out were they in fact paranormal now, when was a SOPS formed? Was it formed in uh, 2000? 2005. 2005. October 2005, I formed it. And how many members are there presently in SOPS? Uh, currently, we have about seven to nine serious members. And where do you find your members, or how do your members find you? Well, um, in the beginning, I, I just uh, put up a blog, and uh, I had people uh, email me about, uh, you know, ha having interest mm -hmm. in investigating the paranormal and, and wanting to join and now it's like uh, I'm, I'm receiving letters well emails front left and center about uh, uh, interest in joining the group so all right stand by Steve you and I have to take a commercial break we'll be back in no oh, two minutes from now one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free throughout the US Canada Alaska and Hawaii and if you'd like more information on SOPS well, you know what? We're going to give you the uh, website right now. www.sopsinvestigations.com. That's the Southern Ontario Paranormal Society. And we'll be back with Steve on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Every Canada. Night, Jack Thomas. Let's keep on looking for the light. 
We're talking about investigating the paranormal this hour here on the X-Zone. Steve Denier is our special guest. He is with the Southern Ontario Paranormal Society. And, and Steve, in your opinion, what is what does it take to be a paranormal investigator? Uh, investigator? Um, somebody basically uh, not only who, who has an interest, but uh, experiences do help, I think, uh, to try to uh, give you drive and, and wanting to know exactly what it is you're, you're trying to look for. But uh, to investigate, you, you need to uh, cover all bases. I mean, uh, location, uh, the, the, the people that you're dealing with, uh, you know, they're looking for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, and you need, that needs to be your main concern, helping those people. Uh, the evidence and everything else comes afterwards. Uh, you have to look at everything, the history, uh, anything environmental, everything you have to... There's so many aspects that you really need to take under the fold to, to actually weed out to, to find something that's actually paranormal. And, and these are aspects that you need to take with you when you're going into these things. Two of the locations that I mentioned here in Hamilton that uh, you have uh, done your investigations at included the Hermitage in, in Ancaster and uh, the Winking Judge over here in downtown Hamilton. And I was wondering if you could tell me what type of investigation you did at the Winking Judge and what did you find? Uh, at the Winking Judge, we did a, a two-part two investigation. Um, and uh, basically, they were experiencing, uh, the owners had uh, many people, uh, clients, uh, regulars that were experiencing several different um, phenomena, you know, stuff like including a, a small cat, uh, seemed to be the spirit of a cat that had lived in the house, uh, a woman upstairs in, in the main floor, um, and, and basically, the investigations themselves were were to, to to try to connect anything historic historically with the locations, uh, and of course, uh, if anyone knows the Winking Judge, it's, it's gone through a couple phases, uh, and it's not it's, the building that stands there now is not not the original building that actually stood there uh, years ago, when uh, I believe it was the 1700s when it was. Uh, homes for um, people coming in uh, from the shipyards, shipyard captains, boats. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so uh, the investigations themselves uh, included everything from, uh, you know, video, audio, um, temperature, you, you name it. We, we used, utilized everything we could to actually find any evidence whatsoever. And what did you find? Um, there, uh, believe it or not, they were quite quiet. Uh, the, the two nights. We weren't able to find too much with the two investigations, um, but again, I'm not ruling out if, if they're looking to have us come, come back. We're more than happy to come back. So what do you think that everybody was seeing and hearing and your group basically found nothing? Uh, well, again, we have to, we have to remember that uh, these phenomena, spirits, whatnot, uh, they're not actors. They don't... Uh, act on cue, and sometimes uh, when it comes down to paranormal investigation and research, uh, you really have to uh, 
um, visit the location more than once and you know sometimes maybe several times before anything comes up before you can form an opinion on, on if the location is in fact act active or not does the fact that the place uh, sells alcoholic beverages to its patrons <laughs> have any 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 uh, that, could all, that could always play into it yes you know it, it seems that wherever there's a lot of booze being sold there's a lot of ghosts being seen <laughs> yeah a lot of classic stories down those those pubs. So. Exactly, and uh, one of the questions that I that I always ask is, why do ghosts hang around pubs? <laughs> Spirits. Oh. <laughs> All right. How about the Hermitage? That is nothing else but a an architectural shell. Pretty much what's left of it. Uh, it it is a very interesting location. Uh, again, it, it has its fol folklore, its, its legends, its myths that uh, hang around it. And again, when, when you go into a place like that, you have to... There are groups uh, of people that do investigate that don't like to have any background knowledge or information. They like to actually try to, to weed it out themselves, so they try to learn about it themselves and, and, and connect the dots afterwards. But we like to have somewhat of a background to, to see where we're, you know, where we're going to start, where we're going to end with the, the investigation, especially with an exterior location. Um, the problem with something like the Hermitage, it, it's hard to secure uh, an exterior location simply because of the, uh, the environment. So it's, it's twice as hard to, to try to find anything that might be paranormal and, and might be actually natural or the environment causing it. So what did you uh, discover or what did your research or investigation conclude at the Hermitage? Um, th th there was some interesting uh, small aspects that, that did pop up. Uh, there was some very unusual, um, uh, more, like mist. Uh, the night that we were there, uh, there was one thing that we, we pretty much uh, tried to control, uh, especially with video, uh, the video surveillance that we had there that night, was uh, to, to see anything that uh, basically you know, kept acting out. Uh, any fog, anything like that. And, of course, it wasn't a, a very damp night. It was actually very dry. And uh, we had some very unusual uh, mist fly by one of the cameras, and actually the camera shut right off after it was focusing in on the mist. So it was actually quite interesting. Um, and we had some uh, quite unusual uh, sounding like uh, noises, uh, EVP, uh, that we had captured there. So it was, it's an interesting location, uh, another uh, a location I'd like to visit again. one 877 is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. We're talking about paranormal investigating this hour of the XO. And uh, when you and your staff or your the other members of the Southern Ontario Paranormal Society go out to do an investigation, Steve, how do you proceed? With a residential? Yes. Um, the first thing that we'd like to do is uh, conduct a pre-investigation interview uh, with the, the potential clients to not only know, uh, put them at ease, uh, introduce them to the people that they're, they might eventually have in their homes, um, taking these readings and bringing them these strange tools and, and, and whatnot. But we also would like to back ourselves up because there are a lot of people out there that uh, do take advantage and exploit having having uh, these groups in 
to do the, the investigation. So uh, we, we, you know, we try to do everything, background checks, medical, you know, if there's any drugs, alcohol involved in, in uh, what their claims are. And we, we basically try to cover all those bases. And then once we've decided that, okay, everything looks good, we'll give it a green light, we'll go into the location. We'll uh, secure the location, make sure the location is secure from any anything that might contaminate any possible evidence, um, audio, visual, whatnot. So the, you take base readings, uh, temperature, uh, infrared, uh, EMF, everything. Uh, you, you take those base and basically you compare them throughout the evening and, and the time that you're there. And if there's any potential spikes, in any of these readings, then you might want to, uh, obviously, you document them. And while you're documenting them, try to, to link them up to any other uh, uh, outlet, like in terms if you're taking audio, uh, it, was there any EVPs present at the same time, anything visual on, on surveillance that uh, comes through. Basically, you want to connect the dots. Have you, dis have you found une unequivocal proof unequivocal evidence that the paranormal is real and if so what was it wow uh, um, again it, it's very very tough even though we could sit there and say look we're shaking our heads we've tried everything possible to explain a certain phenomena we still even though you know there are, there are people that claim that they're experts and, and professionals in this field Simply, we're on the same level here. We're dealing with something that is completely unknown to us, no matter how well-educated we are in it. Uh, I, I did have one, one particular event happen to me at a location that we've been doing uh, research for the past five years, um, a small pioneer uh, cemetery that, uh, that is linked to a heritage home uh, quite close to the location. And we've been doing a lot of historical background on it and, and basically trying to bring it to light a lot of the historical values of, of the actual uh, cemetery and, and whatnot. But uh, there was one evening that we were in there to, doing some uh, EVP uh, work. And I had, uh, I was just taking some photos. And uh, at one point I thought I had two of the members in front of me uh, and when I was taking the pictures, I noticed that I always, you know, uh, check, check the photos to see if anything's there. Uh, I noticed that I'd only gotten pictures of one person, and I'm, like, looking up, and there's two people in front of me. Why is there only one person on film? Um, so I called out to the one member, and I to the other member, thinking, okay, that member was in front of me, but, in fact, he was on the other side of the cemetery, the, the shadow person, like I like to call it, uh, basically walked off, veered off into the to the bush bush line and disappeared. That is rather strange. Very strange. <laughs> All right, stand by. You and I have to take a commercial break. Exo Nation, like, give us a call one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. It is toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. And if you'd like more information on the Southern Ontario Paranormal Society, their website is www. All right. Does everybody have their pens and paper ready? Okay. 
www.sopsinvestigations.com. That's www.sopsinvestigations.com. We'll be back on the other side of the news as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network. Don't go away, Exxon Nation. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Exxon Radio Show live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. Visit us online at www.exxon-radio.com. My name is Michael Telstar, Canada's leading mentalist from Toronto, Ontario. Hi, my name is Blanca, and you're listening to my dad, Ron McConnell, on the XM. This is Psychic Dorothy from St. Catharines, and you're listening to Rob McConnell. Hello, my name is Holly Reeves, an astrologer from astro for You, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network. From the Exxon Newsroom, more weird news. This uh, headline is, Don't Bring a Toy Gun to a Cricket Bat Fight. In Bay Minette, Alabama, a 22-year-old man made the big mistake of bringing a toy gun to a cricket bat match. Uh, the would-be robber tried to hold up BG's gas station by brandishing a toy gun, but a station employee raised the bar when he whipped out a cricket bat and successfully chased the robber away. The suspect was later arrested and charged with first-degree robbery. Our cricket bat-wielding hero said he figured out the gun was a toy because it had a bright orange tip on the barrel. And, of course, the big question is, does BG's Gas Station entertain their customers with a constant loop of staying alive, jive-talking, and how deep is your love? We don't know. We'll have to go there one day and visit. And here's another headline, why hitchhiking is bad for you. Well, you've been warned about the dangers of hitchhiking. You never uh, know who you're going to be getting in a car with. For example, in Saginaw, Michigan, Marky White found out the hard way when he tried to hitch a ride right after allegedly holding up a local bank. He flagged down a driver a few blocks away from the robbery and indeed got himself a ride. Unfortunately for him, the driver happened to be an undercover police detective, Scott Jackson. So Mr. White was promptly arrested on charges that include bank robbery and making a false bang, uh, bomb threat. He was already on parole for operating a vehicle while intoxicated 
and violating an earlier patrol. Uh, hopefully, they'll keep this nut locked up for some time. And uh, finally, redneck games are on. All right, we've all wanted to see this, right? Okay, more than 10,000 rednecks. Um, competitors have descended on a small town in Georgia, the name of the town, Dublin, for the annual redneck games. Now, participants enjoy in, uh, enjoy events including everything from watermelon speed uh, seed spitting, watermelon speed spitting, no, 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 watermelon seed spitting contest, to, are you ready for this? Armpit squelching. Now, the most popular contest of the games is its mud pit belly flop, where fully clothed contestants, rednecks, don't forget, throw themselves into a vat of red mud clay at points uh, where they actually get points for the beauty and form and the size of their splash. There's also bobbing for pig's feet, and the redneck games were first held in 1996 as a spoof of the Olympics, which were then being held in Atlanta. Okay, so we know not to go to Dublin, Georgia, right? one 877 We're talking about investigating the paranormal, and uh, Steve, thanks very much for joining us tonight. And what kind of equipment do you take on a paranormal investigation when you and other members of the Southern Ontario Paranormal Society go out to investigate the strange, the weird, the bizarre, and things that go bump in the night? We pretty much utilize whatever we can. Um, uh, DVR, video, surveillance, um, regular handy cams with uh, night vision, uh, thermal and uh, temperature gauges, uh, audio uh, tools such as, uh, you know, any, any recorder, any digital recorder. It doesn't have to be expensive. Uh, there's been some lower-end digital recorders that you can get at, like, a, a dollar, not a dollar store, but, you know, cheaper that actually uh, yield some, some great uh, results. Um, uh, yeah, I pretty much, and even some old-fashioned techniques like uh, tracing items, uh, if you want to perhaps find something that might be, present in a room and you can't always have, uh, you know, constant visual in an area where, you, you know, chalk outlines, you name it. We Pretty much anything, uh, psych, psychics, mediums, you name it. So tell me, why do you think so many people today are interested in going around and uh, being ghost hunters? Well, um, I think uh, some of the major reasons why are, well, because of the explosion of, of the media coverage on TV. So many TV shows now um, pretty much give it uh, the romantic uh, feeling that, hey, it's, it's okay to be a ghost hunter now. And it's not so much, so taboo now to go wandering in a, in, in a cemetery at night uh, trying to, to capture some ghosts. And I think... Um, uh, a lot of it has to do with religion, too. Uh, a lot more people um, are, are, I guess, changing in, in terms of their beliefs and stuff. And their belief systems are, are different. And There's so many aspects that you could throw in there. From my experience, um, you know, ghost hunters are a very strange and unique breed of people. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, a number of them are rather scary 
you know, because, you know, if, if this is all they have to look for in life is hanging around cemeteries or deserted buildings or wanting to see the impossible, what does that say about uh, the types of people who are ghost hunters? Well, I mean, the, the, I, again, I, you can classify it differently. Um, I look at it differently. Uh, How do you well, look at it? For, for, for the work I do, anyways. Uh, I mean, I, I look, uh, people are generally, you know, genuinely looking for help uh, that are in situations that, uh, you know, they're, they're terrified to, to, in living in their home, uh, and they're looking for some help, some, uh, some answers. And, but you know, I've got to ask you at this point, if they're so terrified of living in the house, why don't they just move? Why do they have to call in people to, to tromp through their house? You know, and, and unfortunately, and don't take this the wrong way, the people that they call are not experts. They, well, yeah, I, I completely agree. There, there are no experts in this field. There, there can't be. Uh, we're dealing with uh, something that's completely unknown. Uh, most people, uh, their, their knowledge is through their research and their experience, uh, such as myself. Uh, again, it, it's a learning experience. But, you know, so why do people, why don't they just move? You know, I hear so many stories about people who've lived in these haunted houses for years and they've had so many ghost uh, researchers in. And for God's sake, if you're that afraid to live in your house, sell the damn thing and move. I think in that case, it, it has a lot to do with wanting attention. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so it's, a two, it's a two-fold attention-seeking gig. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so when it comes to, let's say you find a ghost, what the hell are you going to do with it? Are you, how do you exercise it? How do you get it to leave the house? Or do you just say to the people, hey, sucks to be you, there's a real ghost here. Yeah, and, and that's something you got to tread lightly on. Uh, I know there's there's been a lot of groups that have gone into homes and uh, the first thing they tell the people in the house is that they've got demons or yeah, exactly. or, or, or something that's very evil and that uh, the house needs to be cleansed. Uh, again, there's a whole, whole realm that uh, exploited to the nines, which is really, really sad. So how does the consumer protect themselves against bogus ghost hunters? Oh, that's that's really tough because something like this isn't regulated, and and again, that's uh, one of the beefs I have. Uh, there, there are so many people out there that uh, you know that give myself and and the group. I, I I'm not saying I'm legit because there's no regulation to this, but I mean, uh, you you have to you have to go through uh, reputation. I think uh, people that have been studying or researching and investigating the the, the paranormal for many years. That have uh, people that are you know, you know, commenting and saying and, and referring uh, you to them because I think I think the main the main focus here for for somebody who's going to get into paranormal investigation when you're going in and dealing with people you have to remember it's the people that you have to take care of first. But how can you uh, how can you call it paranormal investigation when no one? that I've ever talked to has taken a legitimate investigation course. Nobody knows how to investigate because they've never taken a course. So how can you call it investigations? Well, there are courses out there. 
which is which is really silly to tell you the truth. Uh, I don't know how far how legit that would be, but there are courses out there. Uh, in fact, there's a couple of universities in the U.S. that actually teach uh, parapsychology. That's right. Or, okay, yeah, now they're they're accredited courses. Yeah, they're accredited. They teach the basic uh, science. They teach chemistry. They teach they teach meteorology. They teach psychology. Mm-hmm. They teach the 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 history, the folklore, the mythology yeah. behind it. So, of course, when the person finishes that course, they go out. They've got a basic knowledge. Plus, they're taught the proper procedures of gathering and collecting and preserving evidence. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, so so these people who take these courses and they come out. I give them a little bit more credit than I do the person who goes, sits on the Internet, and decides to call himself a ghostbuster or a researcher or investigator. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, you can go that route. And, and, but, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, there are way too many groups out there that, that take that route, that uh, the Internet, uh, TV shows, whatnot, and uh, form a group and, and consider, consider themselves ghost hunters or researchers or whatnot, investigators. I myself, uh, I took several years uh, researching uh, techniques through uh, books, literature. Uh, I look at, look upon a uh, history, collecting data, collecting everything. I took all that into consideration before I even began to, to think about investigating it. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do with the evidence that you collect? Uh, you do- well, we document and we actually share it with people uh, that we are affiliated with. We're affiliated with several groups in the area and, and in the U.S. Uh, and, and basically we pool it and, and try to make sense of it. Do you go to experts? Do you, uh, do you seek scientific experts to, to evaluate what you have and to look at the possibilities of what your evidence could actually be in uh, looking at it from outside of the box? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, for instance, I'll give you an example. Uh, we, we actually had uh, taken some video um, footage from uh, one area, and uh, we, we were getting uh, what sounded like a church bell chiming. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we were kind of wondering, you know, there's there's no churches in the area, and, and this is like, what, uh, 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't think a church bell would be chiming like that uh, so late. And we couldn't figure it out, so we decided, well, you know what, uh, maybe we need to uh, contact the manufacturer of the camera. Uh, and, and that's what happened. We, we, we contacted them. We said, look, we're, we're, we're getting this chiming sound in the video. Is, is there some sort of mechanism, inner mechanism in, in the camera itself that might create this sound? And, and sure enough, that's what it was. Uh, that's something we, we mm-hmm. do. If we do find something, before we present it as possibly paranormal we will we will scrutinize it to the best of our ability and if that means bringing in somebody who's an expert who may have inside knowledge into something like that yes we will why do why do uh, organizations constantly go to haunted places like the Waverly Asylum uh, I simply call it the uh, paranormal Disneyland uh, I think I think if anything, uh, a place like uh, Waverly Hill Sanitarium is is all folklore, all myth. I mean, uh, it's grandeur. It's it, the story behind it, the myth behind it uh, attract people. I mean, uh, what what is it? Uh, Ninety-two thousand, or sorry, sixty-two thousand people, I believe, in total have died there uh, from the time it was open to the time it closed. Um, 
and and the amount of stories. Uh, unfortunately, there's so much uh, thickness of myth mm-hmm. and and grandeur in in that that it romanticizes the fact that you know if you go in there, you're gonna you're bound to get an experience, and that's not the case. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to say we 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 didn't leave that place with getting some. Uh, evidence. We did get some evidence in our post uh, review, but not while we were there. Steve, I want to thank you very much for joining us tonight. Take care of yourself and continued success with the people at the Southern Ontario Paranormal Society. Thank you, Rob. Good night now. www.sopsinvestigations.com. When we come back from this news break, I'm sorry, news break. No, that was the last half hour. When we come back from this break, we'll do a wrap-up of tonight and a few more stories from the weird from our newsroom here at the X-Zone. one 877 is toll-free. And don't forget the new TV show that's coming on, the paranormal that is investigated by police officers with years and years and years of experience, as well as the scientific community. They join hands collaborate on investigating all these strange claims of the paranormal. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We'll be back right after this break. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking all our guests tonight. Michael Luckman and I talked about the Paul McCartney conspiracy, that Paul McCartney is dead, as well as uh, Michael Jackson's uh, fascination with the paranormal. Hour number two, I talked with Diane Pomeranz about how to keep your pet healthy in the summertime. Hour number three, Dr. William Bronson and I discussed how to get to heaven. And my final guest of this hour... Steve Genier from the uh, Southern Ontario Paranormal Society. So thanks, guys. Thank you, each and every one of you, for joining us tonight here on the X-Zone. Some more stories from the X-Zone newsroom. Uh, Let me see. Genie goes to court. A family in Saudi Arabia is actually taking a genie to court for throwing stones at them and stealing their mobile phones. Now, in Islamic theology, genies are spirits that can harass or possess humans, and our family says they have been forced to move out of their home of 15 years in Medina. See, if you can't get rid of the spirit, just move out. One family member says we began to hear strange sounds. At first, we didn't take it seriously, but then stranger things started to happen, and the children got particularly scared when the genie started throwing stones. 
Now, there is a lingering belief in genies in the Muslim world. Genies are normally visible, but with the ability to assume human or animal form and are often said to be motivated by revenge or jealousy. The family asks that their names not be released to the public, lest anyone think they're crazy. Oh, we'd never think that. Not for one second. However, I would love to know the age of the children because we know from experience that stones are part of the poltergeist ritual that is just telekinetic power that is being caused by a young person, mainly young ladies going through a change of life. So I'd like to get some more information on that, and I'll uh, ask our newsroom to see what they can do for that. And uh, finally, Joe Jackson, show me the money. Well, the dirt has hardly settled over Michael Jackson's grave, and his dad is already planning to put his famous uh, kids on tour. Dubbed the Jackson 3, Joe has reportedly lined up 12-year-old Prince Michael I, 11-year-old Paris, and 7-year-old Prince Michael II to perform at three concerts next year. Michael's unofficial biographer, Ian Halpern, said... Joe wants the children to go on a world tour in 2010. He has already offered record contracts to two of Michael's children. Now he's talking about getting them into the world's best backing band and taking them on tour as the Jackson 3. However, don't go stand in line for tickets just yet, Exonation. The rest of the Jackson family are reportedly furious about the idea and claim 79-year-old Joe is just trying to exploit the youngsters. Gee, do you think... Well, that's it for tonight. I'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock as once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. To my producer at Master Control, the one and only Sir Alec. Alec, thanks for keeping us up on those four big satellites in the sky, Galaxy 4R, Telstar 7, Aglia 2, and on Satellite G3, and of course on TalkStarRadio.com, streaming audio. To my wife and senior producer, the lovely Laura Rogers, thank you, sweetheart. And to you, the members of the Exo Nation, thank you for allowing us to be part of your day, your night, no matter where you are in this great big world of ours. I'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. So until then, love your children, love each other, and always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, everyone. Dad deserves double the thanks this year. So this Father's Day, give him the power tool system that has everything for every job. The RYOBI One Plus tool system now on special buy. Over 260 RYOBI tools powered by one interchangeable 18-volt battery. And for a limited time, when you make a qualifying RYOBI purchase, you get one select tool or battery free. Feels like Father's Day at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Offer valid through July 31st, 2022. Valid at participating stores and online. Limit one per transaction. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one 
$1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. 